0: You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at Christwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. If you got your Bibles, uh, go ahead and turn with me um, or swipe with me to, uh, the, the, on a smart device to the book of Proverbs. Um, chances are if you have a regular Bible like this and you open up right to the middle, you'll be in Psalms. And so go one more book um, to the right and you'll land in Proverbs there in the Old Testament. And we're gonna land in Proverbs 23 here in just a moment. Today we are in uh, part five of a series called Habits where we've been taking a look at some of the small things that can add up to make a big difference in our lives. And all the way back in part one, we talked about the power of starting small, that it's often the small things that nobody notices that lead to the big results that everyone wants. In part two, we talked about how that systems are often greater than Our goals and how successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. And then in part three, we talked about uh, starting good habits that we should never underestimate God's ability to do something big through our choice to do something Small. And then last week in part four, we talked about stopping bad habits, that today's decisions lead to tomorrow's destinations. And so, in the final two messages of this series, I want to highlight two things that can greatly supplement our habits, and depending on how we utilize those things, can have a significant impact on the direction and destination of our lives as a whole and the first one of those things is our thoughts our thoughts and so that's where I want to spend a few moments today talking to us about our thoughts. have you ever been around somebody in your life whose mindset was so negative that the only thing that was, that they were positive about is the fact that everything was awful. <laughs> yeah, like you, you know those people, no finger pointing, no elbow nudging here. Husbands and wives refrain from that. Um, it it kind of, people with that mindset, it kind of makes me think of Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. You know, Eeyore, he, he says this, he says, don't worry about me, go and enjoy yourself. I'll stay here and be miserable. You know somebody like that if you don't know someone like that you might want to be careful because it might be you maybe you are the person that is like that i I love what pastor craig rochelle says um, about uh, these kinds of mindsets or these kinds of people he says life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts You know why Eeyore is so sad and depressed all the time? It's because that's how he thinks. That's the mindset that he has. And so his life moves in that direction and our lives will always move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. In fact, uh, scientific research shows that there's a strong connection between the way we think and then as a result, the way that we feel and behave. For example, if, if someone thinks that they are awkward and disliked or are unaccepted by others, they will likely feel anxious or self-conscious and isolated, which will often lead to them avoiding social situations. Maybe you felt like that in your life or perhaps you've known somebody like that. And the good news is that the, the Bible talks to us about these kinds of things and gives us some ways to, to think about it and to approach it. And, and when it comes to our thoughts affecting our feelings and our behavior, this is, this is what the Bible says in, in Proverbs 23 7. This is the New King James Version. It says, for, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That means that, that the way that we think, that's going to determine how our life plays out or, or who we are, who we become. Henry Ford says it this way. He says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. The truth is, if, if you think you can't do something, you probably won't. But if you think you can do something, there's a good chance that you will. If you dwell on your problems you'll probably get overwhelmed. If you look for solutions to those problems, you'll probably find some. If you play the role of a victim, there's a good chance that you'll become one. But if you play the role of an overcomer, there's a good chance that you'll become one. It all stems from how we think. So right now, Uh, uh, all over the room, those watching with us online, I want to invite you to take a a, a thought audit. Let's take a thought audit together. Um, From a scale of one to 10, one being negative and 10 being positive, just think through how you think through and then place yourself on that scale. Uh, Negative thoughts would be things that are critical of others. Are you the kind of, of person that finds fault in every situation or you complain a lot, you're, you're discontented with life? Maybe you're down here on this end of the scale, but perhaps if, if you're more positive, you, you assume the best of others, you're optimistic about the future, you generally believe that life is, is good and that everything is going to work out. Where would, where would you place yourself on that scale? What about between uh, worried thoughts and, and peaceful thoughts on a scale of 1 to 10? Those that are worried, like they would worry about their kids or, or money or health or their, their job or the future. Is, is that what your thoughts are consumed with? Or are your thoughts consumed with being secure in the promises of God? That, that you do what only you can do and then you trust God to do what only he can do where do you land between worried and peaceful how about worldly versus eternal thoughts worldly thinking would be thoughts where our mind is consumed with this life with material possessions or social media followers or what others think about us and eternal thoughts would be those that are focused on making a difference those that are are geared towards generosity those that Um, are focused on building the kingdom or a desire to honor God. If you're being honest with yourself and you take a thought audit, you, you consider the way you think about, the way you think about, where do you land on that spectrum? Because this is going to determine... The way that the way that we think this is going to determine the direction and the outcome of our lives. If if our strongest thoughts are down here in the in the one to one to three category, then our thoughts are going to be moving towards the negative, towards the worried, towards the worldly. But but if we can get our thoughts tracking in a different direction, and we can get up here in the six, seven, eight, you know, uh, uh, pushing ourselves toward ten. Uh, the, we're going to be moving in a more positive, peaceful, and eternally focused direction. And, and if, if, you, if you put yourself on that spectrum and you weren't straight tens across the board, then you've got room to improve in your thought life. And if you did put straight tens across the board, then you are what some people would call a liar. <laughs> not me. I, I said some people, not me just saying that there's a possibility that you might be one of those but if our thoughts are going to be the thing that determines the direction of our lives then the question becomes how can we make certain that we're thinking the right way about the right thing so that our lives will start to move in the right direction. And so this morning, I wanna talk about three things that we could consider to change our thought life and, and get things moving in the right direction. And so if you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write these down. And the first one of these things that, if, if we need, if, if uh, first one of the, the first thing, if I could get my words to come out correctly, the first thing that we need to do to change the way we think. Is, is this, it's change the way you think. All right, well, that, uh, uh, that's what we've got to start doing. If, if we're going to change the way we think, then we have to change the way that we think. This is not uh, rocket science kinds of things. This is very simple, practical tools that the, the, the scriptures have given us. Paul writes in Romans 12 verse two, he says this, he says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Mary Englebright said it this way. She said, if you can't change it, whatever it is, if you can't change it, change the way you think about it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. And the truth is, is that there's a lot of stuff about this life that we simply cannot change. There are things beyond our control that we can't make any different no matter how hard we try. But we can choose to change our perspective. We can choose to change the way that we look at it, the way that we think about it, the way that we process it, the way that we interact and engage with it. We can choose to make that differently. And and if we'll exchange a worldly perspective where Paul is saying, don't copy the customs and behaviors of this world. Don't do things, don't approach things the way that the world would approach them. Instead, allow the Spirit to transform you and and make you a new person by changing the way you think. If, If we'll exchange our worldly lens for a godly lens, not only will we start seeing things differently, But God's will for our lives will start to clearly materialize right in front of us. And we will gain an even greater level of clarity. And the payoff that Paul promises, he says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Good, pleasing and perfect. I I can't speak for any of you but I think I can find some extra room in my life for what is good, pleasing, and perfect. Anybody else out there with me? Could you use a little bit of good in your life? Could you use some stuff that is pleasing? Could, could for once in your life, would you like to experience that which is perfect? Yes, it's the right thing for you. It's the right fit in the right place at the right time. Paul says that if we'll simply change the way we think, that we can experience that for ourselves. And and what's more, when we allow God to change the way that we think, it's not just our mind that becomes different, but we become a completely different person, which is exactly the goal that as Christ followers we've set out to accomplish, to become more like him, to become more like jesus paul also says in another spot in romans in chapter 8 verses 5 and 6 he says those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things but those who are controlled by the holy spirit think about things that please the spirit so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death but letting the spirit control your mind leads to life And peace. It's this idea that what we think about determines the course and the direction of our lives. Joyce Meyer says it this way. She says, you cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. You cannot have a positive life and a negative mind. It just doesn't work that way. So then, what are we going to allow to control our thought life? What are we going to allow to control our thought life? If we allow our sinful nature to control our thought life, then our life is going to move in the direction of death. But if we will allow the Holy Spirit to control our thought life, then the word is clear, our life moves in the direction of of the the fullness of life that that Jesus Christ promises, a life that is full of, of peace, so if we, we allow the, the sinful nature to control our thought life, we move in the direction of death, but the Holy Spirit will move us in the direction of life and peace. And so this morning, if, if our thoughts aren't helping us to experience life and peace, then that's an indicator that we aren't allowing the Holy Spirit to control our thoughts if the thoughts that you're thinking, if they're not moving you in the direction of life and peace, then that means that you're not giving those thoughts over to the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to control your thought life. And so that leads us to number two. If, if um, you know, we're gonna point out the obvious that if we're going to change the way we think, we have to change the way we think, then the question becomes, how do we really go about doing that? And and number two, not only do we need to change the way that we think, but but in order to do that, number two, we need to capture thoughts that dishonor God. Capture thoughts that dishonor God. 2 Corinthians 10, Paul writes this in verses three through five. He says, for though we walk in the flesh... We are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. If, if we're going to start thinking differently, that starts with us capturing any thought that is in opposition to or is dishonoring of God. And, and we, we take those thoughts captive and we, we bring them under submission and through the power of the Holy Spirit that is controlling our thinking, we we cause them to uh, we force those thoughts to submit themselves in obedience to Jesus Christ and what His Word says. Anne Bradford says it this way: She says we need to tell the negative committee that meets inside our head to sit down and shut up. That was worth the price of admission right there for somebody this morning. That when that negative committee holds a meeting, you need to maybe even out loud sit down and shut up. I'm not going to listen to those voices anymore. I'm not going to entertain those thoughts any longer. Pastor Zig Ziglar says this. He says, we need a daily checkup from the neck up to avoid stinking thinking. We need a daily checkup from the neck up to avoid stinking thinking and and i got to doing some research and 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 while it's it's certainly not scientific terminology psychologists would classify stinking thinking by one of the following 10 subsets and so as we read through these see if see if any of these um, might be if you might be able to identify with any of these uh, within your own thought life, we're going to put all ten of them up here so you can write them down. I'm going to go through them one by one. The first one is all or nothing. The first one is an all or nothing mindset. It's it's the mindset that if if a situation falls short of perfect, then it's a total failure. Um, like for example, you're trying to diet, and so you eat one Krispy Kreme donut. And then that leads to you eating a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts because you failed your diet with one. So you might as well eat the dozen and then go in for the half pint of ice cream after that and then the bag of potato chips and then never go back to the gym ever again. Like that's how that's how that's an all or nothing kind of mindset. The the second one is overgeneralization. It's it's where um we, we think through things with uh the filter of always or never always or never and, and we'll 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 have these thoughts in our mind like because we got turned down for a date once that we'll always be alone or that because we got picked over for the promotion at work that we'll never get a better job. And those are the things that, that we think about ourselves and, and then that starts to play out because that's how we live our lives. When we think we'll always be alone, we probably will. When we think that we'll never get that better job, we probably won't. Uh, the third one is, um, is simply mental filters. It's, it's a mindset where we use mental filters and, and mental filters are where we pick uh, a single negative detail and dwell on it exclusively. Like, for example, after a presentation at work, all of your coworkers provide you with positive feedback except for one that's critical. And so you focus on the one critical one instead of taking into consideration the the 12 positive ones of, of feedback that you got. And, and so you, you hone in on, on that negative thing or that criticism rather than looking at all of the people that said, man, that was great. You did a great job. And so you filter all of that out and focus in on what is negative. The fourth way that we do this is, is by discounting the positive. We will we'll actually, um, we have thought processes in our mind that cause us to reject positive experiences by believing they don't count. Like, if you do a good job at something, you will, your mind will, will work against you to actively convince you that, that anyone could have done just as well as you did, if not even better. And so you'll think that the positive experience that you had, that it doesn't count. Because if you were able to accomplish it, it probably wasn't a great job anyways. Number five is jumping to conclusions. Jumping to conclusions. This is where we interpret things negatively without supporting facts. We interpret things negatively without any supporting factual evidence that they would be true. Like before a test at school, we take the mindset that we're probably gonna fail anyways. We don't even know the questions that are on the test. We haven't done it. We've, we've studied and we know the material, but we just go in, yeah, we're probably gonna fail anyways. Or, or maybe we're, we're feeling depressed about a, a certain thing that's taken place in our life or it's a certain season that we're walking through and, and we just say, I'm never, I'm never going to be able to overcome this funk. I'm never going to get out of this. It's just always going to be this way for me. Number six is called magnification or it's the binocular effect the binocular effect and and this is where we exaggerate the importance of problems or shortcomings and we minimize the importance of desirable qualities or good things that are taking place in our life. On the one hand, we're looking at things through binoculars the way that they would normally be looked through with the small part um, up to our eyes and which magnifies the problems that are out in front. And then the other way we flip the monoculars around and we look at ourselves, looking through the big end and it minimizes the good things about ourselves and our life. Number seven type of stinking thinking is emotional reasoning. Emotional reasoning is, is where we assume negative emotions. We assume that our negative emotions affect reality. Like if we're nervous about getting on an airplane, we assume that it's dangerous to fly. Or if if we're feeling inferior in uh, a particular area of our life, we will make the assumption that we are second-rate human beings somehow, that we give in to the negative emotions that take place, and we assume that that's that's the reality that exists Number eight is should or shouldn't statements. Should or shouldn't statements. This is where we evaluate our life based on often unreasonable expectations, which lead to this cycle of guilt and frustration that plays out over and over and over. And we use these things to punish ourselves. We, we uh, eat a donut and then we, we punish ourselves by saying, I should eat healthier, only we never do. And then it leads to guilt and frustration or or um, we, we maybe don't do uh, well on the test. And we said, you know, I shouldn't have missed that question on the test. I'm, I'm a terrible student. I'm never going to pass this class. And it's guilt and frustration. I, I should have stayed up later. I, I, sh- I should have studied. I, I, sh- I shouldn't have, have watched that TV episode or, you know, whatever. And and we constantly just beat ourselves over the head of things we should or shouldn't have done or be doing. The ninth way that we engage in stinking thinking is through labeling, labeling. This is an extreme form of, of all or nothing. It's, it's this idea that, that if I make a mistake, I must be a loser. So I label myself because I, because I failed, because I, 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 because I made a mistake, I'm a failure, I'm a loser, I'm, I'm no good, I'm a nobody. Or because that person hurt my feelings once, He must be a jerk like all the time. And because of these experiences and these interactions that we have, we'll go through life actually labeling our experiences and and defining our reality based on those outcomes. And then the last one is personalization and blame. Personalization and blame. This is where we hold ourselves or we hold others responsible for things that are beyond our control or things that are beyond their control. We have thoughts like, if I was just prettier, then my husband wouldn't cheat on me or he wouldn't get caught up in pornography or, or if, uh, if, if my boss would just give me a raise, then my financial picture would be different. Then I would be able to pay the bills. Then I would be able to save money or, or I would be able to live a better lifestyle. It's, it's always this is my fault or, or the reason things are a certain way is because it, it's their fault. And it's, it's never a clear picture of the reality that is taking place. And these are the kinds of thoughts and thought processes that, that you and I have to take captive. It's what Paul is talking about when he's saying to take captive any thought that isn't obedient to Christ and, and, and render it submissive to the word of God. To to capture it, it means to take control by force, to seize, or to exert influence over. This is not something that's that's going to happen accidentally. We are not going to be walking along and, and slip and fall into capturing our thoughts and making them become submissive to the word of God. It's it's active, it's forceful. There's a struggle that is involved. They are not going to go lightly. It's something that we have to take by control. And we do this by examining our thought life and deciding whether or not a thought that we have, should it be trashed or should it be trusted? Should it be trashed or should it be trusted? And and we can accomplish this by measuring each thought up against God's word. For example, when we have a thought come into our mind that that says my identity is in my past mistakes, we need to look at Romans 8.37 that says that we're more than conquerors, that overwhelming victory is ours through Jesus Christ. when when we have this thought that that we're stuck in a cycle of sin and we're never going to get out, we need to remember Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 that says that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. When when life keeps throwing one curveball after another and it seems like things are never going to change, that they're never going to get better, we need to remember Romans 8, 28 that we know that God causes everything to work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So what are you choosing to believe right now? What, What thoughts are you having that aren't in alignment with God's word? What kind of stinking thinking have you fallen into the pattern of? Those are the things, those are the thoughts that you need to take captive and make them submit and surrender and become obedient to the word of the Lord. And the way that that we do that, if we're going to change the way that we think and, and we're going to capture those thoughts that dishonor God, the way that we do that is by number three. We concentrate on the thoughts that honor him. Not only do we dishonor the thoughts, or not only do we capture the thoughts that dishonor God, but, but we concentrate on the thoughts that honor God. Paul writes this in Colossians 3 verses one and two. He says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. We have to begin thinking on a heavenly plane different than what we see and what we feel and the things that surround us. We've got to start thinking at a higher level. And Paul tells us how to do this in in Philippians 4, eight through nine. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And then the God of peace will be with you. Then the God of peace will be with you. So when those thoughts come into your mind, we have to decide, is this a thought that I need to trust? Or is this a thought that I need to trash? Is, Is this thought true in accordance with God's word? If yes, then trust it. If not, then trash it. Is is this idea honorable and in alignment with scripture? If if yes, then you can trust it. But if not, then you need to trash it. When a thought comes in, we we look at it and we examine it under the microscope of, of is, is this based on the principles of the Bible? Is this thought right based on the principles of the Bible? If yes, then trust it. If not, then trash it. You get the idea. Just go down the list. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Go back to that last slide. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it right? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it admirable? Is it excellent? Is it worthy of praise? If yes, trust those thoughts. But if not, get rid of them. Trash them. Throw them away. If we'll choose to live this way, Paul says that there's a reward that comes along with it. It's it's God's peace. His overwhelming peace that's going to flood into our heart and into our life and into our mind as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, to, to make us into a different person by changing the way that we think talking to anybody this morning that could use a little bit of peace in their life I know that I could after the past two years that that we faced and things that we've walked through culturally globally together but then add adding on top of that just the insult uh, to, to injury of the things that we 've experienced that that otherwise would have been terrible in and of themselves difficult to overcome in and of themselves but but at a, a global pandemic and all of the stuff that that we 've experienced as a result of that and, and all of the variables that play out and, and it just it 's making things even worse i don 't know about you, but I could use some of that peace in my life paul says it 's ours if we 'll just allow the Holy Spirit to change the way that we think. We'll take thoughts captive that aren't in alignment with God's word. We'll trash them. And instead we'll lean in to focus on and to think of the things that are true about God's word. What might it be like to lay our head down on our pillow and quickly drift off to sleep at night instead of tossing and turning in worry? Or what might it be like for laughter and enjoyment to once again fill our homes instead of complaining and backbiting and arguing? What might it be like for us to walk in the freedom of knowing that we're accepted by God rather than living under the constant pressure of seeking the approval of men? What might it be like to know that even in the midst of the storm, that that we don't have to fear because Jesus is with us, and that he is for us, and that because of him and his work, the cross of Calvary, and his resurrection from the dead, that the best is still yet to come. All of those things and even more are attainable if we will simply decide once and for all that we're going to base our lives and the thoughts that we think on the power and the principles of God's word. You know, this whole series, we've been talking about the power of small How God can accomplish big things when we make small, sometimes seemingly insignificant changes in our life. Back in week one, I challenged you to ask the Holy Spirit for one word connected to just one verse that would point you in the direction of who God wants you to become over the course of this year. And over over the past couple weeks, I've talked about perhaps one good habit that we need to start or initiate and maybe one bad habit that we need to lay to rest in order to to get ourselves moving in the direction to become the person that God has called us to be. And today I wanna challenge you once again. This year, right now, to begin allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you into a completely new person? What's that one thought that you need to embrace to get your life moving in the direction that God wants you to go? What's just that one thought that you need to embrace? We don't have to start with all the things. Let's just start with that one thing. My word, as I've mentioned before, for this year is abide and it's connected to john chapter 15 i'm going to read a couple verses here verses five and seven it says yes i'm the vine and you are the branches those who remain in me and i in them will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. My one thought for this year connected into my one word and my one verse is this. When I choose to abide, there God will provide. He says, if you'll remain in me and my words remain in you, then you can ask for whatever you need and it will be granted, it'll be given. So when insecurity comes over me, if I'll just abide in the presence of my heavenly father, I can ask him for confidence and it'll be given. When fear creeps in, abiding in the presence of the Lord, I just ask him for courage and it will be given. When doubt strikes my heart, if I'm abiding in the presence of God, I just ask him, Lord, help me to believe and to trust and it will be given. When anger or frustration get the better of me through abiding in the presence of the Lord, he's going to grant me with peace and calm when I need it. So I'll leave you with this question in closing this morning. Based on who God is calling you to be, what's the one thought that you need to start thinking? Yours doesn't have to rhyme like mine or whatever. I'm a simple man. I have to make it rhyme so that I can remember it. Maybe spend some time in prayer over that uh, this coming week, looking at your word, looking at your verse. God, what is it that you're trying to do in me? And and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit As, as the Holy Spirit changes your mind and begins to transform you into a new person in order to become the person God's calling you to be this year, what's the one thought that you need to think? It's the one thought that if you started thinking that way, would begin to get your life moving in the direction that it needs to go. That's what I want us to consider for today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you that in your word you have included timeless truths and principles that, though it was written thousands of years ago, are still applicable to us today. And God, I pray that that right now, Lord, that that. Everyone that is within earshot of my voice, those here in person, those watching today online, those that will listen to this message at some later date, God, that we would be people who would be open to the leading of the Lord in our lives. God, that we would surrender ourselves to the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us. God, that we would choose to be people who are led in our thought life, not by our sinful desires, which lead us to death, but instead that we would be led by the Holy Spirit, which leads us to life and peace. Lord, when thoughts enter into our mind that are not in keeping with, they are not in alignment with the principles of your word. Help us to take those thoughts captive and force them to surrender themselves obedient unto the word of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that you would give your people insight into the things that they need to begin thinking for their lives to start moving in the direction that you want them to move. And God, through one word, through one verse, through one habit, through one thought, Lord, that as we continue through this year, God, that through those small things, those small changes, those small initiations, God, that you would do something big in and through the lives of your people. God, something so much further beyond anything that we could ask Think or imagine. God, I thank you for how you're moving, how you're operating. God, I thank you for what you are doing in the hearts and lives of your people and how we're going to look back on our lives 12 months from now and realize that because of the small things, you've done big, amazing things and that we are forever changed because we simply chose to live our lives in alignment with God's word and follow after the leading of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you would do all of this and more in and through us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christwalk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.